Hey Paul, how you doing? Good, dude. Good. That's that's great. How's how's married life? Wonderful, man. And you? Oh, fantastic, fantastic. Uh, but how's it actually going? Pretty hard. Yeah, we're actually in counselling at the moment. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Three Views on Podcast with Michael, Paul, and Simon, the Three Amigos, coming to you live. No, in a pre-recorded fashion. Coming to you alive. Alive. That's better. Thank Uh, you. Today we're talking about marriage. Oh, yeah. Uh, And we're going to attempt to tell you that your marriage sucks. We're not going to do that. But let me first say that my marriage doesn't suck. I'm not actually in counselling. No, me neither. Yes, that was just a little bit we recorded for the start of the show. Good, good. But, I mean, (laughs) really, is your marriage perfect? Uh, no. No. Is it harder than you thought it would be? Um, it's about the same. It's okay. about the same. But I, I'll touch on this later. But we were warned significantly. Like cool. we, we, a lot of people were telling us how hard it was going to be. Mm. Yeah. So, do you reckon they overestimated? Yep. But okay. I'm glad they did. Better than underestimating. Definitely. True. And I'm yeah. sitting here a couple of years in going, what is happening? <laughs> you know. What do you reckon, Simon? Did you reckon people overestimated or underestimated the difficulty of marriage? Because I I'm feel like sure. I've got a very weird mix. Yeah, oh, yeah, really? me people too. Like, that's, that's what it's so easy. It'll be oh, it's just Both. all great. Both. And then people are like, mate, you're getting into this is going to be tough. Like, prepare yourself. Yeah. yeah. Going into war would be easier. I had that too. Yeah. So that's what, yeah. Yep. Both. It's interesting. Both, which, which makes it hard. You probably believe neither mm. at that point. Yeah. And but also both are true. Yeah, I reckon. I reckon that's a fair statement. It definitely marriage. I mean, we speak as three dudes who combined our marriage experience is much less than your average married person, like even us all put together. So we haven't all been married for Have that we got long. Nearly six years. I'm just going to Google that. Hang on. Have well, we about, got nearly six well, years? What, what? What is the average marriage length? Yeah. No, no, um, no. I mean us. We've got. Oh yeah, I'm combined. I'm coming up on two. I'm over two, and Michael's two. All right. Yeah, so I'm bitter. So. Yeah. Well, so you and I counterbalance each other. Yeah. Yeah. The average end of a marriage. Oh, that's depressing. <laughs> no. no. Average length of marriage in Australia is 12 years. Okay, okay so, so we're, we're half the average. And that's a bad marriage too because that ended early. Yeah. But, um, but anyway, yes. So I'm excited to talk about this. One thing I like to do is talk about the hard parts of marriage because mm. I feel like a lot of people don't, especially even with mates, a lot of people don't. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oftentimes you'll get that question like you guys had in the beginning. How's marriage? Good. And that's it. Yeah. Uh, that's the extent of what we talk about marriage. Yeah, and we only ask that question when people are considered like newlyweds in mm, inverted you're not commas. Wrong. But I think there's a lot in marriage that isn't straightforward. Nothing is straightforward, by and large. That's quite true. We're just taking two relatively selfish people and just smushing, smushing them, them together. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. forcing them to live together, yeah. Yeah, that's right. If I you mean, thought having a housemate at uni was difficult... Or you thought you have a wife. Or you thought living with your parents was bad. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly you're right. You're gonna grab someone who is from a completely different context to you, and not only are you gonna live with them, but you want to do everything about your life together with them. Yeah, I think I think one of the the false something or others. I can't think. Dichotomy. Of no, probably not. Um, Trichotomy. Is that when you're living with your family, you're thinking, all right. Uh, Okay, so I live with my family, potentially three to five, seven other people. Mm. Living with one person who I actually like. Must be easier. It must be easier. Yeah. No. 
totally harder because, as Michael said, completely different context. Oh, yeah. Different and history. Like We are talking about, especially given our particular context, we did not live with our partners before we were married, did we? Yeah. No. no. So what you're getting there is a qualitative shift in the time that you have. When, oh, you're, yeah. when you have an hour together, like we were all fairly busy leading up to marriage, so LB and I would only get a couple of hours a week. Mm. So that was like premium, phones down, locked oh, in yeah. conversation. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then when you get married, it has to change. Because you can't have 40 hours of that a week. No way. Some, well, I could, but a lot of people can't. Um, my Elby can't. Like she, I remember her being on the phone in the car and car time used to be our like we'll, yeah. we'll talk yeah, yeah. and have a fun time. I was like, get off your phone. This is our quality time. She's like, we have 90 minutes of this a day. <laughs> like, there's, there's a lot of quality yeah. time. Yes. And I, you got to accommodate for that. I yeah. find yeah. Ruth and I are the opposite, Paul. She is... Often like that, she's like every second. Let's get it, <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, need like we got got a good good number of hours in this week already. That's that's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now I just need to sit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm on the similar end. I'm I'm quite happy to be alone. But I think as we alluded to potentially a bit earlier, that there's a lot about selfishness, and um, I think we might be coming into another branch here. Um, but when I, f- I find it hard to reconcile sometimes my desire to just be alone for a while with uh, it, like evaluate whether that's selfish or not. Mm, you're not wrong. Uh, because, uh, because if the other person wants to be with you and you're like, no, I can't, like that person could respect your wishes because they love you. But then on the other hand, if mm. you're being selfish, you should be the one saying, no, I will spend time with you. What do you think about that? I think you just struck the the the, the solution to our 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 uh, clickbaity title. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Why your marriage sucks? It's because you're selfish. <laughs> selfish dog. Yeah, and it's brutal. Like I just have. It's hard because even in this, like we don't all just get together and talk about our marriages. The three of us. Not often. Um, <laughs> so we obviously have manifestly different issues. Mm. Um, and we sometimes like some of us, you, there are good, really good patches and patches where it's not going as smoothly. Mm. Mm. So it's, it's often even hard to contemplate things going badly when they're going really well. I yeah. find like it's hard yeah. to bring yourself out of your current situation, yeah. mm. um, but also out of your own personality. Like I've literally never had a time where I've said to LB, I need some time on my own. So I find it very really? hard to relate. You yeah. see, I'm the complete opposite. Michael and I are a little can be a little more introverted than you, though. That's true. You're you're so extrovert. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's got that's got pitfalls of its own. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But that's why we have the different. I feel like I used to be as extroverted as you, Paul. Me too. Probably. I I th- I always think you guys are as extroverted as me, unless you tell me you're not. Because in like. I'm much I'm more always than I ever thought I was. The only time I'm ever with you, we're all kind of really excited and really keen, and that's how most people get. Yeah. It just turns out it's tiring for some people and energising for others. The, for me, it's really weird. Sometimes it is really energising mm-hmm. and sometimes it's really I'm exactly really the tiring. same. It's ah, really bizarre. The hybrid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very I'm a, I'm a very weird person, and, uh, yeah, I need, I need uh, both time by myself to energise me, but not too much. And I need time with other people mm. to energize me, but not too much. I, f- oh. I found that really confusing 
Uh, but now that I've been married a while, I, th- I found Lucinda actually gives me insight into my swings oh, in, yeah. that, in that way. What's the solution? <laughs> Holidays, basically. <laughs> Fair enough. No, seriously. Um, she, she knows when I'm getting tired because I just want to go to my computer and watch a show that she doesn't like watching with mm. me. I just want to, you know, play a computer Design. game or sit down yeah. for a night and do nothing and not spend much time with her, which is... Uh, to me, it doesn't feel like it just feels like that's the only thing I can manage to do. Hmm. Um, but when she wants to spend more time with me, that makes me question like my selfishness. For, <laughs> oh, it's so hard because like I physically am not feeling like I'm able to do that, hmm. but yet I should. So but we're maybe I shouldn't. More similar than I ever I don't understand. Realized. Yeah, it's really weird. Paul's sitting here in bewilderment. So these guys are strange. I got no idea what you're talking about. Uh, but I'll tell you what, look, let me try and drop something. It's a little thought I've been working on for a long time. Okay. Not sure if I've told you guys Five before. minutes, ten minutes. Uh, it's a shorter one. Okay. <laughs> we all did pre-marriage counselling. Okay. We did, yep. Which for Christians is a big pat on the back. Like I think that's one thing Christians <laughs> do right. God is okay with us because we did pre-marriage counselling. Yeah. Just, it's We're just allowed like, to get married. Yeah. It's, it's just good. And not a lot of people do it. It prepares you for the unique struggles and trials of marriage. But I would trade that I would potentially like things went well for LB. LB and I haven't had a rough patch yet. Let me just put that out there. Cool. I, it will come probably when we have kids, but it's been fairly smooth sailing. Um, but still, having said that, I would probably trade the pre-marriage counselling in at, to get a bit of post-marriage counselling. Oh yeah, I reckon. Like I reckon that's not bad. All it's like when you. It's like when you write up a new gym plan or something like that or an exercise plan. You're able to create this perfect thing because you're not actually doing it. Yeah. And then you go to do it and you're like, oh, that doesn't work. And, oh, that machine's not working, so I'll have to try this over here. And it's entirely new entity now that you're mm. actually putting it into practice. Mm. Thought. Yep. So I, I just think that's the big hole. We're so big as a Christian culture on pre-marriage counselling we need to split it. We need, it needs to be pre and post marriage. Oh yeah, yeah. I was sure. talking to some friends um, who did their pre marriage counselling with uh, Mr. K, um, who oh yes, yeah, who you know, you probably know. I think well. I know. Um, anyway, well known relationship psychotherapist. Oh yes, yes, yep. yes. yes. <laughs> now I know. Yep. Um, anyway, and apparently he uh, he suggested to book in for a year. Post marriage, I think that's a good idea. At your at your last pre marriage counselling, say, all right, in a year's time, I want to see you back again. It's a great idea, and just make that part of the process. As why opposed don't we to... do that then? Good um, question. Well, why I, don't we? Well, I try and like you know how we did that um, episode on life apprenticeships. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. try and do that with other older couples who are just, they have the kind of relationship that I, because I'm not too keen to walk through a book of nine studies with someone or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But I'm keen to like, all right, we've got these questions. This is working. This isn't. Let's go talk to these guys, put the cards on the table and mm. try and get some answers. And yeah. So LB and I do do that with some people. Good. Mm. Yes. That is good. We intended to. We were told it was probably a good idea. But it's really hard to ask someone else to make that commitment to you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of a weird thing. Yeah, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, what do we do? Fight a lot. Because if you're we just... don't really, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, no, I'm I've in the never, same boat, Paul. I, I should preface that. I've never seen you guys have a row. But we have little ones. 
And I mean, initially there was kind of the, the, the what I call the teething problems of just sort of like, do we keep our kettle in the drawer or on the bench? And, of course. Um, you know, which way should the toilet paper go and things like that. <laughs> I mean, we never actually fought about toilet paper, but we had equally trivial problems yeah, uh, that were just yeah. really nothing. And I don't know why they caused so much tension, but I think it was just part of an adjustment of realizing that you're more selfish than you thought you were yeah. and um, that that doesn't matter. And it's I not think, a hill to die on. I think our honeymoon period lasted a lot longer than I thought it would. Yeah, okay. Like maybe a year and a half. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, because I was fine with all that kind of stuff for ages. And then it, it might possibly have been after Hazel was born and my tolerance just went all oh, way Okay, down. yes. Start, start doing shift work, have a small child. To- I, you just find yourself getting annoyed in the head. Like we don't have fights. We just get annoyed with each other in our head. We sort <laughs> it out and then we tell each other that we were annoyed and then yeah. it's all okay now. <laughs> like, mm. yeah, I knew something was going on but didn't know what. Like it's not like we have arguments or blow up. You can just kind of tell. But, um, but yeah, just after maybe a, a year, year and a half, just stuff started annoying me. Okay. Random, yeah. the, the little teething problems like that. And it just... It's, it's weird. You're like, that shouldn't annoy me. Why is that annoying me? Why? It's good it's because really you, frustrating. when you're in that sort of infatuation stage of your relationship where you're like, the other person can do no wrong. Mm. All you, It's almost like they're, they're famous. Or you just want to touch their garment. You just want to be around them. What an insane privilege it is to hang out with this mm. person, you know? <laughs> um, and it's good. I think it lasted a fair while for us as well. And then it breaks off. It starts to crumble slowly yeah. and yeah. then just shatters. And it's weird in that point, it's nice to have someone else because we had that a little bit where you're just not feeling that crazy intense mm. like gut sort of want to be with that person. Mm. And you're like, well, is this it? Am I falling out of love? Am I not in <laughs> love anymore? Um, and it's good to have someone say, no, 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 you're just reaching a kind of a different lower steady state kind of love now. Mm. Yeah. You're not, don't, don't worry, you're not falling out of love with your wife. Yeah, you're just, you're just actually <laughs> kind of in this zone where you're comfortable with them. Mm. Yeah. I, I got to that spot and didn't realize I was, I was there and was kind of like, this is, I don't, don't know what this is. Uh, but recently, Ruth's just had like all these holidays like in a row. She, she's been away for like a week at a time. And it got to a point where I was like, you know what? I, it's weird not having her around. I yeah. feel just not right. Yeah, totally. Totally. It's you're almost like your homeostasis, like your resting level be- incorporates this other person. Yeah. So it's not like this crazy, oh, I want to take a million photos with you and upload them and put lots of love hearts on them. It's just like my natural state of being now is sort of leaning upon you, a kind of a self-supporting yeah. thing. And it's just weird when you're not there. That's the kind of shape it seems to take after yeah. a little while. I think one of, our, one of the interesting things for us and probably one of the contributing factors to that, um, to how weird it felt for me, um, was the fact that we'd been together for so long Mm. that I kind of didn't anticipate much of a honeymoon effect. Mm. Okay. Because it was like seven years before we were married and like, sure, honeymoon is a honeymoon. Like it's, it's, it's still going to happen, but, um, potentially not as long or not as severe, but weird. It just went on longer. Maybe. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Strange. 
I'm one of these weird dudes who just don't get like very excited about things. <laughs> That's such a lie. <laughs> it's the truth, though. Remember when you were telling us about your video game a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, but that was faux. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I can All put staged. on excitement. I mean, it was good fun. He it doesn't even like doing the podcast. I, I enjoy it. I mean, Force him to here's come the down thing, here. Though, I, I thoroughly I pay, enjoy all I these pay things. Michael Laws to come down here, Paul. I'm sorry to have to tell you like this, but but um, I I just I don't I get super excited. So our honeymoon period for me was like two weeks in. I was like, yeah, this is good. I'm settled. Yeah, okay. All is good. <laughs> um, and yeah, it was it was just weird. It's so dependent on a person. Like you can't read a book and know how your wife or your husband's going to react. Mm. To something, really, can you? Nah, and no. it's it's interesting because um, it. The more I, the longer I'm married, the more married. Like I make a point of trying to talk to married people whom I respect. Mm. And the one thing I sort of come away with is like bl- blanket rules. The only blanket rule is that blanket rules are not going to work. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, very <laughs> like, good. I remember one one couple we were talking to early, and this is taking the podcast into the PG sort of zone. They got like they said, you got to have sex this many times a week. And I was like, oh, I'm getting some alarm bells here. That doesn't seem like great advice, but I respect them. So I ran it past another couple and they're like, that's ridiculous. That That is absolutely uh, not able to be blanketed. Mm, yeah. um, and so you just can't, you just can't say that. Um, and so it was, it was interesting, um, the, uh, the idiosyncrasies of your own marriage in all areas. Mm. Um, don't actually allow you to say this is the hard and fast rule on this thing. Yeah. That's what we're going to stick to because it worked for those guys. Yeah. I mean, it's hard enough to put blanket rules out there to describe a person accurately. Like all men do this or all people who are doctors have bad handwriting, for example. I mean, they're, they're, they're good generalizations. But what you're doing here is you're trying to put a blanket rule that sums up the the interworkings of two separate people and how they work well together. I mean, that's... That's a big ask. I, uh, yeah, I would avoid blanket rules as a as a good uh, mm. Mm. A good step. Interesting. Yeah. I think what we should do now, fellas, is oh. um, we should. How many times? No. Bad idea. All right, let's get open. Let's get open. Not on the podcast, fellas. We got to keep this not uh, ever car car travel worthy. Oh, yes, true. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right, Michael. You're yeah, exactly. Telling us about we, we've we've yep. we've picked up our uh, something we learnt while we were in the radio business uh, was that they they have a what did they call it the An ideal, ideal listener? listener yeah so we we've we've <laughs> a year or two years on now decided that was a good idea and we've developed our ideal listener and if you're out there and you're driving the car and you have kids in the back seat you are one of our ideal listeners I doubt that. Comment on the post and say that's me. Just say yeah. that's me. Yeah. If if you if that is you, because I will be surprised. But anyway, I'm sure there is. Not I'm while sure you're driving though. Don't get on your phone yeah. and yeah. comment that's me while you're driving with kids in the back or pull ever. Over. Hit the like button or oh, not the like button. Not hit while the you're driving. Comment. Pull over. Oh, pull over. Yeah. Sorry. Pull over was a yeah. very important step in that plan. Yeah, Maybe don't. That's asking you have a to bit turn much. off the engine if the engine is on and you have your hand on a phone. The cops can. Can they get you for that? Yeah. I just, See? Oh, go. boy, oh, boy. Engine has to be off. I did not know that. All right, so two steps. Pull over, turn off your engine. You're asking Pull too out much. your phone, type, <laughs> that's me, send, engine on, continue on your journey. Be late for your appointment. It, it'll take you doctors. five minutes. If you've got kids, you, you're used to being late anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Says who? Um, here's what I was going for. Um, we should, the best tip for your marriage that you ever got. Oh, brother. 
Oh, brother, the best tip for the marriage that I ever got. I'm just, uh, let me search or, back through the or, annals. What's one you can make yourself? Mm, that would be even worse. Does um, it, do you mean before we were married, the best tip, or just the best thing we've come across? The best thing be a, we've come across, yeah. I was telling you guys a bit earlier about uh, this book that Lucinda picked up from our church library mm. uh, called Love and Respect, um, which is a very interesting book. Interesting I, how? I really liked it. It's uh, The concept is that fundamentally to feel loved and or that the marriage is going very well, a man needs to feel respected mm. and that fundamentally in a marriage, a woman needs to feel loved. And yeah, okay. he he explains this thing called the crazy cycle, which uh, is set out like this, um, that without love, she reacts without respect. Without respect, he reacts without love. And so it just goes in this circle oh, yeah. and it's called the crazy cycle. And until you figure out how to get off the crazy cycle, um, you will keep going around in circles. Stuck in a loop. Stuck in a loop. That's right. And how does um, one get out of the crazy cycle? He he has a few different things. Um, one, the, the second half of the book is uh, dedicated to two different acronyms which he uses to mm. explain women and men to the opposite, opposite. Okay. the opposite partner. One of them, uh, oh, one of them is chairs, and the other one is oh, I've lost it. Can't remember. That's right. Do you know the, the letters, what CHAIRS stands for? It CHAIRS is... Because CHAIRS is incredibly unhelpful. Yeah, I know. I know. It's <laughs> really <itself>. weird. <laughs> um, the first one is... It starts with C. Yeah, no. Okay. No, I forgot. Great little no. book, though. <laughs> no, no, yeah, very... So he basically explains to men and women the differences in how we are feeling when certain things happen. It, it was. It was... It was pretty much Lucinda and I to a T, even though I wouldn't think of myself as a generic man. Okay. Um, compared to other men, um, but it was it was very insightful. And Lucinda, the same. She got me to read it. She said, "Can you read this book?" Because I feel like I thought I thought I was just kind of different to other women, but like this book says, I'm exactly like every other woman. Oh, dude. And it was it was super helpful. And it's and it's not. It's not a generalization on personality. It's a generalization on fulfillment. In a, yeah, I don't know. Okay, yeah, I found I it. Know. Yeah, okay. It, the other one's couple. Couple. Okay, yeah. yeah. So chairs is conquest. Conquest. Hierarchy. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds, that's not good. No. Authority, insight, relationship, sexuality. Yeah, that's the male. I'm one. guessing that's, that's the That's to dude. explain a male. Yeah, the girl one is yeah. couple, which stands for closeness. Openness, openness, understanding, peacemaking, loyalty, and esteem. Okay. Yeah. And he, uh, and he goes through each one of those um, after he spends the first half of the book explaining um, kind of how the, the, the broad concept works in a marriage and how it works uh, in a Christian context um, where only one partner is making the effort. Okay. So whether you're a woman trying to respect your husband unconditionally or whether you're a husband trying to love your wife unconditionally, even when she doesn't show you respect. Mm. And the and the ways he explained um, and how difficult that is and how hard that can be. But that if you do that, you will break the, the crazy cycle. And so if you start loving your wife unconditionally, 
she will not not automatically, but that's the the word I want to use. Automatically show you respect. No, well, you decided to unconditionally love her, which gives her the freedom then to. Well, it will, it will. Which then, that, that I imagine that would bring about. But what, about his some his respect. point his point was that it naturally breeds respect, not that she will decide to respect you. Which is natural. Okay, because yeah. it seems like one of those ideas which is politically so out of vogue right Ooh. now. Yeah, and but that's would what work I re- so well. That's what I really liked about it. Actually, is um, that it. It didn't seem to just be pop culture. It wasn't just mm. pop psychology. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, look into that. What's, who's the author, Michael, I while you're on Google there? Michael Hyatt, maybe? No, no, Dr. Emerson? Emerson, not Egerton, as I said to Paul <laughs> earlier. Egerton. That's Emerson. Wrong Emerson. Consonant, yeah. Emerson Egerichs. E double G E R I C H S. That's where you got the egg oh, from. Yeah. That guy yeah, is cursed with a bad Emerson last Eggers. name and alliteration between his first and last name. <laughs> that guy is unlucky. Don't read anything he writes. Um, no, no, I, I recommend it. I think what, what I would say, and it's not advice that I was given, but it's advice I've sort of, I would give and a theory I've implemented is just ask lots of questions um, and be fairly open about your own uh, where, where you guys are roasting it yourself mm. um, and don't try and keep up appearances mm. because, I mean, if, if everyone else, I'd rather everyone else thought I had a bad marriage and I have a good marriage than everyone else think I have a great marriage and I have a bad mm. marriage. Yeah. Um, that's, yes. That to me is the ideal. Like, I, not the ideal, but it's the one I'd take that over the other. Like, I, I would way rather be asking questions about how, how I do any number of things than have everyone else assume that I'm doing really well and just be sucking at it. Mm. I mean, and the larger point here is when you play keyboard, Simon, you practice, you research, you put in the effort, you yeah. do a lot of failing and you get better and it's rewarding. Mm. Or if you if you want to be a mechanic or a doctor like you, Michael, mm. any number of every hard thing in life requires a lot of trial, error, patience and learning. Yeah. Yet there often is this implicit attitude that will just fluke the marriage. Like, we'll mm. just get it right. We'll Things will just fall way. into place. Yeah. It's like, why would that be? Wouldn't it be less the case than any of the other things? <laughs> because it's actually real. It's actually a hard thing to get right. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah. You're not wrong. Not wrong at all. I think I would say um, that the best advice I ever received was uh, to to learn to be sacrificial um, properly, which is difficult to do um, and is counterintuitive if you want to sort of look after yourself. Um, But it's only, from what I've experienced at least, it's only through truly wanting to be sacrificial that all the other problems seem to no longer make any sense. Um, Mm. If my wife's angry at me because I haven't come home because I was doing something else... Uh, that I wanted to do. Maybe I was, you know, out at a coffee shop or whatever just because I wanted to chill. Um, The issue there is that I'm not meeting a need of hers and I'm doing that because I want to meet a need of my own. If the issue is I didn't wash the dishes, um, the issue there is that um, I made a commitment that I selfishly chose not to follow through on. Uh, because I was looking out for myself and not out for my wife. And I found that the more I put that at the front of my mind, the more I realised that um, 
once I start acting in that way, that's how I can truly show her that I love her. Mm. And it seems to make everything a lot easier. The trick is, and where it gets difficult, is if the other person isn't reciprocating that. But I think what you've said, Simon, is that that kind of in itself breeds some reciprocation. Yeah. Um, and I think if, if you're married to someone, um, there's an element in which that usually both of you are both wanting to make it work, especially if you start early. I'm, I'm sure it comes a point where someone wouldn't be keen. Um, but I find if you give that kind of respect to someone nine times out of 10, they want to repay you in some way with the same kind of mm. um, attitude. You have a thought there, Paul? Oh, well, I do. I do have a thought to a degree. Um, half a thought. It is even less than half a thought, an Simon. Thought. It, a quarter? It, it is an unformed dog. I'm actually mentally treading water right now. Just Thoughts sh- are just a pain in the neck when they don't take the form of a sentence. Oh, yeah, for uh, sure. It's like just a blob. Suck? <laughs> it's like I have all these ideas and it won't make a sentence. Boys, the eagle has landed. Um, it has. Good. What, I'm trying to, <laughs> what, I, what I was going to say is I think I often... Um, when we're thinking about being self-sacrificial, we immediately go out to the nth degree and think of dying for someone, laying yeah. down oh, your yeah. life. How do you do that? There's a biblical precedent um, <laughs> of that when we think of Christ, and we all spend a lot of time thinking about Christ laying yeah. down his life. Um, but there are actually very, very, very few moments in your marriage where you'll get to make the grand gesture. There's only one, um, and it, that may or may not come up. Well, yeah. You can only die for someone once. You won't get multiple <laughs> chances at that. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. So and, and the solution unless, isn't unless the person who tries to kill you, it doesn't work. True, and so true. it happens again later in your but life. But the solution isn't do whatever you want until the moment when you get the opportunity to die. Until the crisis, yeah. exactly. I, I think there are little things every day, and I was teaching on this at our church in Glenorchy, like little little inconveniences every day, which are actually a platform from which we can learn to be self-sacrificial. Mm-hmm. So every time you don't want to do something, that's actually God giving you the gift of an opportunity to work into yourself discipline and a yeah. sacrificial attitude. Mm. Um, it's really hard to keep that at the front of your mind, isn't it? Oh, to keep yeah. that perspective of this is God giving me the opportunity to do this. I asked him to make me patient. Here is an opportunity where I can be patient. Here's a free piece of advice patient. of you. When you have an opportunity to learn to be patient, you don't want to be patient. That's just the way it is. Yeah, that's right. When you have an opportunity to be self-sacrificial, the last thing you want to do is sacrifice yourself. Yeah. But that's just how it is. It reminds me of, I was reading uh, Augustine the other day in his work, The Confessions, mm. and he had this prayer that God would make him sexually pure, but not yet. Um, and, <laughs> and that was the kind of thing he's like, well, I kill, still kind of enjoy not being sexually pure. I know I want it, but I enjoy it. So God, can you do it? But maybe later. Uh, it's often that thing when we're, pray, when we're praying for certain virtues like patience or self-control, discipline. Mm. That you're like, yes, I, I know where I want to go, but I don't like the road. I don't want to get there yet. I don't like the traveling there. Like yeah. it, mm. it's, yeah. it's, I, don't, I, I desire patience, but I actually desire getting my own way a little more. So I'll never get there. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah. it's, it's good to use and think about those inconveniences. I, that, it's right out of Philippians 4 if anyone wants to use if anyone wants to go and read that chapter you'll mm. see being content in any and every circumstance mm. and the way that we achieve that i think is by using every inconvenience as a platform from which to build yep. self-discipline and ultimately what the passage is saying is contentment in what we have already in jesus mm-hmm. and not in our material and physical circumstances mm. 
Very good. Look, do you guys have any other parting, parting nuggets of wisdom? I I don't. I think I might my wisdom tank might be empty. Yeah. Look, uh, we've only got a few years under our belts. Let's let's in ten years. Yeah. Come back and release reviews on episode four hundred and ninety-seven. But it's. Marriage revisited. <laughs> when Marriage Lucinda revisited. and I move back to Australia after, you know, like 20 years of living overseas, we Let's should so it. start up the podcast again. Definitely. Midlife like crisis. Go international. Definitely. Do a world tour. If and, you're um, a fan <laughs> and you know we're back together living in the same country, let us know on Facebook <laughs> to get back together and make yeah, that episode. So in 20 years, just remind us. In two you? decades. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I think um, the only other thing I would say is definitely treat your relationship like its own entity and, and be concerned for its welfare. Mm. Um, and take just like you would service your car before it fully breaks down, um, do stuff for your relationship before it starts to die. Yeah. Um, and that's as much to me. Like I, I struggle with the romantic gestures. I hate going out for dinner. I like eating the same thing every night all the time. Um, but I sort of got to do that because it works well when I do. Um, and I enjoy it when I go out, of course. <laughs> I enjoy having a meal out with my wife. But, um, but yeah, like do, do things for the health of your own relationship yep. that you aren't necessarily inclined to do because your relationship is kind of its own entity and has its own kind of health mm-hmm. and needs to be nurtured in its own way. Brilliant. Mm. Look, I'll leave it there. Guys, keep living the dream. It's been real.